is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to start your weekend off correctly. Forget about the FPL deadline. Forget about the Premier League games coming up. And forget about the days of social media, wall-to-wall Premier League coverage. This is the Barclays. We're covering the Premier League from its inception to the current day, month by month. We, of course, are a social, sports social podcast network production. We've ranked on a Tuesday. And no, not his nostalgia podcast on Wednesday. And it's Friday now, so it's time for the Barclays. And February and March of 1993 when I was born. Let's get stuck in. Quickly reminder that if you are enjoying podcasts like this by me and the What If Football team, the team being me, Jake, from What If Football, join us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash What If Football, where we have nostalgic podcasts like this in the form of covering great games and, of course, pitting teams and players in head-to-head as well as reviewing and previewing the modern day game and a mailbag full of your what-if suggestions. And of course, why we're called what-if football is because we do what-if scenarios, alternate histories on YouTube there. So without further ado, let's go back in time to February 1993. King Eric, that is Eric Cantona, he returned to Elland Road for the first time and the Manchester United Leeds game ending a goalless Stalemate two days after Eric Cantona sneaks a 2-1 winner in a victory over Sheffield United. Meanwhile, you've got, at this time, Aston Villa failing to make ground up on United, despite Dwight York and Dean Saunders combining to deadly effect at home in a 2-0 win over Ipswich Town. But they would unfortunately then miss out a couple of days later at Sellers Park to Crystal Palace 1-0. 
Southampton would beat Norwich 3-0. Norwich dropping valuable points again. Southampton humbling them with three bangers. One from Nicky Banger, who will be <laughs> one of the uh, fine talking points of this week. The others from Rich Hall and Mickey Adams with less funny names. Tottenham Hotspur beat Southampton 4-2 in one of the more entertaining games of this week. Saints coming back, crashing down to earth as they fell from one down to concede four goals in five minutes, losing at White Hart Lane there. And around the ground, you've got Liverpool's dismal record continuing with nil-nil draws, first at home to Nottingham Forest, then away at Chelsea. Chelsea themselves incredibly poor three days prior with a 3-1 loss at Oldham, who were firmly struggling at the bottom of the table. QPR dropped points both at home to Man City, then away at Ipswich, both 1-1, as Tottenham Hotspur continued their cracking form, Paul Allen scoring the winner at Goodison Park. Middlesbrough's wretched form continued with 2-0 defeats, first at home to Coventry and then away at Sheffield United, whilst Wimbledon picked up two shocking wins at home to Leeds, who trademark it still are in waiting for that first away victory of the season of the Premier League and, of course, Wimbledon won away at Arsenal 1-0. Sheffield Wednesday's good form continued as well, winning 3-1 at home to Everton. And in a bit of a cancellations midweek here, the week after, we've got Southampton beating Liverpool 2-1 with an absolute shocker of a goalkeeping error for the Saints. Winner there, Nicky Banger, of course, scoring another goal, <laughs> scoring three in as many games there. His name will never uh, fail to amuse me. Aston Villa won 1-0 away at Stamford Bridge. Villa going top through with Ray Houghton's winner. Chelsea going 12 now without a win and they were out of the League Cup, they were out of the FA Cup. They officially were the first club to sack a manager with Ian Porterfield gone, Dave Webb coming in for the first change of the Premier League era. Meanwhile, Gary McAllister and Lee Chapman running the goals for a 2-0 win for Leeds at home to Oldham Athletic. In a big game at the top of the table, Aston Villa beat Everton 2-1. Neil Cox with a first with an early Barrett goal in the... Earl Barrett, rather, with a loop in second to keep Villa top of the pile. Meanwhile, Manchester United kept the heat on with a late comeback at home to Southampton, perhaps. A sign of things to come, not only for Eric Cantona, for Alex Ferguson, for the whole Manchester United ethos going forward in the 90s. Ryan Giggs scoring both of those late goals in the 82nd and 83rd minute after, of course, Southampton. So, of course, who's got Nicky Banger, that man again, opening the scoring on 77 minutes. Norwich City kept also, kept the heat on as well. Quick turnaround for them in a 2-1 win against Manchester City, bagging two in a minute with Mark Robbins and Lee Power getting in the goals against their hapless Manchester City, just about keeping in touch with the title pitcher around this stage. They had fallen considerably after uh, leading the league as we exited last week, didn't they? Blackburn, of course, they were ruined the injury of Alan Shearer still. Um, he would be out for the rest of the season, of course. They would beat Chelsea, the 2-0. A ridiculous goal from Mike Newell, really, scoring what was essentially a cross. Heaping more misery on Chelsea, Blackburn momentarily had slipped to fifth. That's because of the superb form of Sheffield Wednesday, first beating Palace. Danny Wilson scoring the winning goal at home there before. Paul Warhurst's got a similarly late winner at Main Road three days later. Some cracking bit of form there for the Owls. And around the grounds, Liverpool uh, leads us away. Misery, of course, continued losing 4-0 at White Hart Lane. And staying in North London, they couldn't score at Highbury either, although they did take a point home in a goalless draw. Arsenal admittedly keeping two clean sheets after a win at Oldham. In a basement battle, Nottingham Forest gained some momentum by beating Middlesbrough 2-1. Steve Stone scoring the winner there before a 1-0 home win, thanks to Gary Crosby. Got them back, got them first back-to-back wins of the season and had them out of the relegation zone 
on goal difference, admittedly, for the first time since August. Of course, when they won that game against Tottenham Hotspur in Sky's first ever game, if you can remember, all the way back. Sheffield United teamed a 2-0 defeat at home to Wimbledon with a 2-0 win over Oldham to show their inconsistencies, whilst Liverpool found themselves four points and four places off the relegation zone, thanks to two more points dropped at home to Ipswich. Aston Villa, going into the following week, beats Wimbledon in a 1-0 victory. Dwight York's goal sending Aston Villa top ahead of March, although Man United was still holding that game in hand advantage over the man would beat Middlesbrough 3-0 here Ryan Giggs with an absolute rocket the pick of the goals Dennis Irwin's free kick went bad you tend to forget with the likes of Ryan Giggs and David Beckham at United that Dennis Irwin wasn't a bad free kick taker in the grand scheme of things Eric Cantona got a good individual goal as well as Man United were really rocking now really hitting their stride as they often tended to do around Christmas time around January Norwich lost ground after failing to win at home to Blackburn and at home to Arsenal, picking up two draws. Meanwhile, Arsenal miserably handed Chelsea their first win in an age, a 1-0 win for uh, the Blues there, whilst Blackburn were also looking down after a loss to Everton. Nottingham Forest's fortunes were soon changing, losing at home to Manchester City and dropping more points at Palace. That brief interlude of a back-to-back wins quickly in the rearview mirror there for Brian Clough and Forrest. Meanwhile, Sheffield United stuck six, six goals beyond Tottenham Hotspur. Fine way to get over a 3-2 defeat and I said they were inconsistent. That is inconsistency personified there. Whichever way you spun it though, Sheffield United had got out of the drop zone, clambered out and they had a good goal difference to boot. They had a good goal difference before the 6-0 win over Tottenham. Of course, that did help. They were only, they were only on minus two or three around this stage. Tottenham themselves they were showing inconsistencies of course when you lose 6-0 um you will do um seemingly sailing to a london derby win over qpr 3-0 but showing a bit of uh, lack of confidence as they got pegged back to 3-2 winners there middles were recovered from old trafford defeat 3-0 there uh, to win at ipswich to drag themselves a point away from safety and that win plunged Oldham to the bottom of the pile and they were to be fair, they were fairly lucky to salvage a point at Goodison Park. Neil Adams scoring two in the final three minutes there as they drew to while Everton and Oldham will become embroiled in relegations battles sometime in the not too distant future. Not this season, but sometime in the future. Leeds earned a creditable win, of course. It was at home. It had to be because that's just Leeds at the minute. A 1-0 win against Ipswich via a Tony Dorigo penalty. Sheffield Wednesday lost ground on the European party, finally come crashing down to earth with a draw at Liverpool and a loss at Coventry. Coventry now only just goal difference away from fourth position, thanks to Mickey Glynn's winner. Coventry, a team who would stereotypically be around the mid-table spots, but here, firmly entrenched in the top half race. And the following week, we got Liverpool versus Manchester United, the biggest fixture for me in English football at least. Ian Rush scored a belter, Brian McClare scored a equaliser with his head and it earned a win at Anfield after Mark Hughes got the goal, the win that took Manchester United finally to the top of the table which they've been dancing with, with Aston Villa, with Blackburn, with Norwich but in this week Norwich lost 3-1 to QPR now some seven points behind Manchester United Norwich were now close to fourth place QPR and fourth place just kept revolving and revolving uh, Coventry Sheffield Wednesday Blackburn would often inhabit these positions every different week here and uh, lots of different teams in this European hunt particularly after that uh, Les Ferdinand double there at Loftus Road 
Wimbledon got dragged back into the relegation conversation after Kevin Moore scored late on for Southampton in a 2-1 win, Coventry losing ground on Europe as well, falling to sixth, with Everson jumping up two places to converge with them in a 1-0 win at Highfield Road. The following week was a big shock. Oldham, one of the perennial strugglers in the Premier League, won out 1-0 at Boundary Park to Manchester United, a potentially damaging loss for the title hopefuls there, losing to Neil Adams again in the goals, just like um, your man Banger there at the Dell. And then although still bottom, the Oldham were now just a win-off safety, and it would come down to the wire for them, surely. They were nil-nil draws between Aston Villa and Spurs, as Villa failed to capitalise and remained second and Blackburn failed to capitalise as well, drawing 0-0 at home to Southampton. They had confirmed they weren't really serious about the title push, their poor form of course continuing. They'd risen to sixth with this, but that injury to Alan Shearer had really firmly dropped them out of a title race, and the, the lack of goals really continued throughout this uh, throughout this match week. You've got Manchester City beating Coventry 1-0 in a top-half battle. City taking the spoils at home there with a Gary Flickcroft winner. You've got Norwich beating Sheffield United away from home 1-0. Those faint title hopes sniffed out, thankfully, uh, for Norwich fans by a Rule Fox winner at Bramall Lane. With points dropped by Manchester United and Aston Villa. Norwich now are only four points behind the pack. Around the ground, you've got Liverpool and Chelsea getting valuable home wins against QPR and Everton, respectively. Sheffield Wednesday proved they weren't out just out of the European picture just yet, especially since they were in a League Cup final to come. Capitalising on a rancid um, patch of form for Ipswich Town, David Hurst netting the winner there at Portman Road. Middlesbrough missed the chance to jump out of the drop zone, losing 2-0 at Wimbledon, which takes us to one of the biggest games of the season. A title decider potentially with 10 games to go, Manchester United, Aston Villa. And this game will probably be remembered, this whole two-month period really will be remembered for this Steve Staunton goal, thrashing in one at the Stretford end. One of the better goals of the season for me, even from a Man United fan perspective, really. <laughs> Mark Hughes would head in an Eric Cantona assist for the leveller to leave things wide open, and of course, with a draw it left Norwich City. Knocking on the door, we've obviously their title rivals guaranteed to drop points, one of them at least obviously both doing so. Norwich needed two wins in a week to go top, both against relegation candidates. Admittedly, they did need an own goal to beat Oldham 1-0 before Mark Robbins, Lee Power and Ian Crook ran in the goals against Nottingham Forest and Brian Clough. The result's no good for either as they propped up the division. Meanwhile, Norwich were top of the league with Mark Robbins and Lee Power in some fine goal scoring form this month. And around the grounds, it was Nottingham Forest, unfortunately, their second 3-0 loss on the bounce, losing to Everton, who were ranked as one of the worst mid-table teams with roughly eight to play. There was a definite, definitive clutch of about 10 teams either going for 4-4. Or just happy, happy to exist in mid-table and look towards the second Premier League season. The five relegation candidates were now distinctly separate. Crystal Palace could have pulled away but failed to win at home to Chelsea. Elsewhere, there was wins for out-of-form teams in Leeds at home to Man City, obviously at home. Liverpool at Middlesbrough, which did little to ease Middlesbrough's survival hopes, really. Coventry were another team out-of-form. They'd plummeted down further into eighth after a 2-0 loss at home to Arsenal. Meanwhile, at Ipswich, they were in similarly dire straits, shipping four goals at the Dell after leading 2-1 at half-time. Matt Letizia and Jeff Kenner there, scoring two late goals. Aston Villa in the following week definitely heating up here, especially gaining a bit of confidence from that draw at Old Trafford. They went on to beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0. Defensive error consigning Wednesday to a 2-0 defeat. And in turn, 
sent them top with Norwich to come in a huge fixture three days time. Who would have thought Aston Villa versus Norwich would have been a potential title decider in March. Norwich 3-0 losers at Sellers Park to Wimbledon. The Dons barreling in a couple of goals here. The third goal is an absolute cracker as well if you want to seek that one out. Um, around March 1993, as Norwich left pole position with a chance to redeem themselves almost instantly at home to Villa. Manchester United faced a high-pressure, high-stakes Manchester derby as well, and their form seemed to buckle at almost exactly the wrong moment here. Eric Cantona had to save a point here at Main Road, with United sure to fall to third, whatever the outcome of what will be a crucial uh, Norwich-Aston Villa game to come. Forrest got a point and with Leeds away from home, of course. Leeds didn't win, it was 1-1. Leeds still haven't won an away game in the Premier League as champions, let's not forget. Rod Wallace put Leeds up in front to hopefully dispel that run of form, only for Nigel Clough to peg them back on his dad's birthday, nonetheless, with a penalty. Ahead of an all-or-nothing clash in Middlesbrough, Oldham got a worthwhile point at home to QPR. Meanwhile, Middlesbrough did likewise at Blackburn Rovers. Two plummeting teams in Ipswich and Coventry couldn't find the net in a nil-nil as Chelsea and Tottenham likewise drew. Crystal Palace attempted to put some daylight between themselves and they're dropping an incredibly tight six-pointer with Sheffield United winning 1-0 at Bramall Lane. You've got a rather low-key Merseyside derby that sadly had nothing riding on it, but Ronnie Rosenthal got a last-minute winner there. Everton not ending the season well at all. Liverpool slightly picking up a little bit from their mid-season slump, but still there are thereabouts in terms of the out-of-form teams. And to round this episode off in March, Middlesbrough 2, Oldham 3 in probably the biggest game of the episode today. Andy Ritchie found himself back in the goal, scoring the third in a 3-2 win at Ayrson Park. And for the moment, Oldham found themselves going from t- from bottom of the league to 20th, which in this, pretty much, in this guise of the Premier League is roughly 18th the final relegation spot. Nottingham Forest also in the drop zone beat Southampton away 2-1 and unfortunately for Middlesbrough and Oldham there's still some life in Brian Clough's side winning at the Dell to put themselves what were a point and a place from safety now leapfrogging Oldham for the time being. Sheffield United beat Coventry 3-1 and they would have been clear of the drop zone to Forest had Sheffield United not kick-started a late comeback through Dane Whitehouse, through Brian Dean, through Adrian Little, joining a 3-1 win at Highfield Road, Coventry dropping like a stone, and you've got these desperate teams winning away, struggling for uh, Premier League survival in Oldham, Forest and Villa, and Sheffield United. Villa, speaking of them, they had a, a battle of very different nature right at the top of the league against Norwich City at Carrow Road. Whoever won would go top. Norwich firmly back in the title hunt thanks to a scabby winner, tapping against the leaders Aston Villa and just as we ended the last episode Norwich led the Premier League table as we exit March elsewhere around the grounds you've got Leeds and Chelsea sharing the points as did Sheffield Wednesday and Wimbledon whilst whoever took the spoils at Loftus Road would climb to fourth and in the end Blackburn won out with QPR dropping to seventh position. Now after this short break we'll be discussing the team of the week, the player of the week, no prizes for guessing who the player of the week is here and uh, we'll be looking at the game of the week and one of the abiding memories of the week as well, as well as of course checking in on the league table in our penultimate episode of the first ever Premier League season here on the Barclays. Catch you after these short ad breaks. (laughs) 
welcome back. We are officially on April Fool's Day as we look ahead to the final couple of months of the first Premier League season. So let's take stock and have a look at the league table, of course, as we left it last week. Still, somehow, despite the early form of Aston Villa and Man United, Norwich are still top. They've got 65 points from 36. Aston Villa have 64 points from 35 games. Still climbed one place as Man United dropped to third with 63 points from 35 games. So they've still got games in hand over Norwich. The title race is officially in the hands of Aston Villa. And the three teams, really, from the games that they played, had 17, 16, 17 points, all of them, from the 9 or 10 games that they played. So they're all roughly in the same form, but it's just strange. Obviously, the, the dropped points for United at Man City at Oldham has put pay to their great form early on. Villa, of course, getting some great results. Admittedly not at Carrow Road, but at uh, Old Trafford as well. The best of the rest, so to speak, is Blackburn way back on 50 points on fourth place, and you can pretty much split all the way down to 17th place by two wins. So that's a total of 13 positions there, firmly up for grabs as we go into the final, well, roughly eight games of the season. For the mid-table clubs, you've got Blackburn on 50 points on 4th place. Sheffield Wednesday climbing up the table from mid-table into 5th, also on 50. Spurs have played a game more on 49 points. They've been in some fine form as well. We've climbed from uh, the lower reaches of mid-table, which goes to show that likes of Everton, Ipswich and Leeds could do so. Respectively, we're in the lower ebbs of this mid-table position. QPR stay where they were at 7th with 48 points. And you've got Man City, Arsenal and Coventry all on 47 points with Arsenal, rather the form team out of those with Man City and Coventry really portraying kind of relegation form, so to speak. You've got Wimbledon, who've, who've points-wise have had the best record, since Bank slightly going under the radar here. 46 points they've got and jumped up eight places from what was at the end of the, the episode last week. They were clinging on to a place just outside the drop zone. Here they are, firmly entrenched in mid-table. Maybe even could get fourth. Who knows? Liverpool have a game in hand on them. They're also on 46. Southampton also on 46. Chelsea also on 46. Southampton have been in some good form as well, climbing three places, of course, because of the banger himself, which we'll discuss in a minute. Everton on 45. Ipswich on 45. Both sides have plummeted. Ipswich, especially considering they were fourth at the end of the episode last week, they've gained three points count them three from nine games which is easily the worst run of form that we've had on any episode of the backlist so far Leeds have dropped two places despite claiming 13 points from nine games they're on 44 points and are the last ranked mid-table team then you've got the five contenders for relegation you've got first Palace on 40 points you've got Sheffield United on 37 who've jumped out of the relegation zone as Middlesbrough on 34 bottom of the pile have Slipped all the way back down from 17th to bottom. Nottingham Forest on 36 and Oldham on 35 have both climbed a place as they hope to use a little bit of momentum. But Sheffield United, Forest and Oldham who straddle either side of the relegation zone, they've all got 12 points from these nine games that we've covered on today's episode. So with all that admin out of the way, let's discuss the team of the week. But we might not have mentioned them during the main portion of today's show a whole lot there, but Wimbledon have been gathering quite some pace. They've gained eight places, the highest, biggest mover aside from Spurs, and 19 points from their fixtures are kind of indicative of their 
their sort of Premier League run as a whole, not not playing at home ground, sharing with Sellers Park for the majority of it, just being in there in the mid-table, having peaks and troughs. They're kind of like, to any modern-day fan who's not, who wasn't sticking around during the early days of the Premier League, they're kind of like a 90s version of Burnley, distinct style of play as well at the time, the crazy gang. Oh, this was like the... The later ebbs of the crazy gang, really. Vinnie Jones was still there, John Fashion was still there, of course. Dennis Wise had moved on, though. You've got Tottenham Hotspur rattling up the table in terms of in terms of points per game. Spurs is 17 points from eight games. It's the best out of the lot. And they're now into European contention. They're only one point off fourth place, and obviously it'll determine who reaches that FA Cup final later on, which would ultimately consider would bump the places down if a bigger team could make the FA Cup in the top three or four they would um, hand fourth and fifth place to the UEFA Cup instead of the Cup Winners Cup of course but that would remain to be seen and of course we'll uh, use that as a bit of admin as we round off the league season next time round. Norwich, Aston Villa and Man United all looked to be in different places throughout the week as we stated Aston Villa and Man United started off very strong United had that petering out with the with the drop points in the northwest at Main Road and Boundary Park and um, kind of petered away Aston Villa less so obviously you've got that huge game they've probably had the biggest the hardest run of fixtures had to go to Carrow Road had to go to Old Trafford in and amongst but Ron Atkinson here with the game in his favour now with the the title in his hands just win, win the next seven games you've won the league essentially that's as easy as it is obviously the pressure would take toll perhaps but uh, we'll get to that when we come to it next week of course it's more of a familiar feel to the table from last week the top four are roughly the same and when I think of the 92-93 season despite not being around despite not ingesting football on a weekly basis or for most of it being alive the top four when I think of this season are the top four we have now, Norwich, Villa, United and Blackburn, not necessarily in that order, of course, especially as a United fan. So we move on to player of the week, and it's got to be Nicky Bangers, hasn't it? Southampton needed him in front of goal. Great name too, which also adds to it um, when checking the highlights, when checking the scores from these months and weeks and trolling through all the statistics. When a name like Nicky Banger crawls through the system and he's scoring some bangers as well as Southampton have been in some you know, like Wimbledon gone under the radar 16 points from 10 games that's like if you extrapolate that across the season that's seventh in it really um that's some good form from Southampton and bangers has got a lot to do with it and Southampton to be fair have been involved in some quite entertaining games a couple of 4-3 score lines here um ultimately the game of the week despite a few Four threes for Southampton, the basement battle that we do end on, that we do decide is the game of the week, is Middlesbrough 2, Oldham 3. All the jeopardy that you want from a Premier League game, especially at the bottom of the pile with the slightly more informed team winning out in Oldham. Despite, of course, obviously Borough have plummeted like an absolute brick, haven't they? They looked as though they were going to be looking over their shoulder last week, but ultimately be safe. Now they are in serious trouble obviously any one of the top, bottom five teams can now get relegated and then of course we'll cover that next week an abiding memory from this week so for me from the games that I watched from the goals that I saw Steve Staunton's against Manchester United instantly sticks out especially in a game of such high stakes probably the highest stakes game that we've had in the Premier League so far this season 
and in history by, you know, by definition being the first season. Steve Thompson's goal is an absolute incredible goal. Probably one of the better goals that we'll see this season. I'm thinking Jason Cundy's freak of a goal um, earlier on in the season from the halfway line. You've got Alan Shearer's goals in the first day of the season also factor into that as well. Mark Hughesy and Rush have got some belters as well. Nicky Banger's got some bangers, obviously. Um, also a memory... A bit of footnote, a bit of admin really. The first managerial change in Premier League history took place with Portfield out, Webb in, and typically, although not at the time, typically Chelsea, although very different Chelsea to what we have now. Chelsea now chop and change, even with success. Chelsea here are relatively recently fresh into the top tier of English football and changing managers... Chelsea, obviously, the interview with Dave Webb when he took over, he wants to win the Premier League, which seems far-fetched at the time. But when you think of it, Chelsea being in London, probably more access to money than quite a lot of the Northern clubs who inhabit the league quite a lot in the 90s and early 2000s. And being successful in the past, the 50s, the 70s, there's no reason why Chelsea can't be successful even without money. And obviously they would become successful, perhaps overreaching financially um, in the 90s and early 2000s, trying to chase that league when uh, we call it we call it the big six now. It was definitely a big six around the turn of the century with likes of Leeds, Chelsea, Newcastle. Some would be safe financially in terms of Chelsea. Some would be brought up because of financial reasons in Man City. Some would, wouldn't be safe. Newcastle under Mike Ashley, Leeds under Peter Ridsdale. Obviously, those are stories for another day on the Barclays. Stories for in a couple of years' time when we've gone through the entirety of the Premier League. Next week, we'll be discussing April and May of 1993, which means, of course, wrapping up the first ever Premier League season. And of course, in the meantime, we've got a ranked list on Tuesday and the Naughty's Nostalgia podcast, another nostalgic look back on football of the 2000s to come. That is on Wednesday and these are all on the Sports Social Podcast Network, which we are a product of now three days a week, as we usually do. Of course, if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash whatifootball we've got nostalgic podcasts, we've got contemporary football podcasts as well, previewing and reviewing all the games, all the action from up and down the country, up and down across, all across Europe. And of course, the YouTube schedule is now firmly entrenched, just firmly in what-ifs now, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 366 if it's a leap year. But until then, see you then. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.